open them up to James chapter 1. I like that. Get excited about the Word of God. Amen. Which is settled forever in heaven. And we Christians, we're trying to get it established on earth. Amen. Amen. To advance the kingdom of God on this earth. We're not here to play church, right? Right. We're here to be the church. Hallelujah. James 1. And I want to read verses 12 through 25. said, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he is approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he, tempt, uh, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. Say birth. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my brethren, Christians, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Thank God for that. Amen. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So then, my beloved brethren, Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, you get the point. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. And receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing, observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Or who he is in Christ. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, say continues, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Now just one verse, go to 2 Corinthians 2. 2 Corinthians 2, and I want to look at one verse. Verse 11. And let's wrap this all nice into a pretty package for you this morning. It said, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Today I want to talk more about one of the most important, one of the most crucial areas in the life of a Christian. Many of you will guess it because I talk about it a lot. I want to continue to talk about the thought life of a Christian. The thought life is so important. There is not one thing you will do. There is not one thing that you will say that first does not go through the filter of your thought life. And I have entitled this message today, The Road to Destruction. Now that sounds pretty gloomy, doesn't it? I know it does. But just hang on, put your spiritual seatbelts on, and you'll see why I named it that. But you need to know as a Christian, when you are on the road to destruction in your life, 
I mean, isn't that a good thing when we talk about this? How would you like to be driving down the road and people are stopped because a bridge has been blown out and nobody tells you to stop ahead because the bridge is blown out? Are you hearing me? But how many of you would just appreciate it so much if an individual would say, would get right in the road, hey, hey, stop, the bridge is out, and they save your life. Amen? Now just put that into a package of Christianity in a spiritual sense. That's what I want to do for you today. I want to keep you off of the road to destruction, and I want you to know when you're on it so you can take the next exit off. Amen? But how can a pastor of a mega church who seems to be at the pinnacle of his ministry fall into sexual immorality and lose it all? I'm going to be dealing with some real revelant, revelant th- uh, things that are pertinent to society. Are you hearing me? How do people turn into adulterers, abusers, alcoholics, drug users, criminals? And so on. How does this happen? Now listen. Before anyone starts throwing stones at that individual. Don't think that you're not capable of doing such things. (laughs) Are you hearing me? Before you throw any stones at any individual who is in bondage. Don't think that you're not capable of doing such things. Lest you fall into that same thing. In fact, if you would be real honest with yourself and real honest with God this morning, you will be able to pinpoint areas of your life that you're weak and you need to work on. Amen? Jesus said these words. He said, it's real easy to see the speck in another person's eye and ignore the plank that's sticking out of yours. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Isn't it real easy to do that? We've all been there, done that, wore the t-shirt. So what is the road to destruction? What are the steps that will lead a person to destruction, spiritually speaking, and in the natural? What are the markers in the road? What are the warning signs at each level? Would you like to know that this morning? Thank you, you two. You need to know... That Satan and evil spirits have tactics. They have strategies to pull you and me into sin. Satan and evil spirits, they know your weaknesses. And they have a game plan to come against you. It's not just random. There's a game plan here, folks, and you need to know that. So today, I want to share with you the steps, the markers in the road that lead to destruction in the life of a Christian. Number one, the first marker on the road to destruction is temptation. All right? The first marker in the road on the road to destruction is temptation. And the first thing you need to know is that temptation that's coming against you to sin is not from God. Look, go to James 1, verse 13. Let's just look at this again here. That thing is not from God. God is not trying to pull you into the strip joint. God's not trying to pull you into that uh, website. Are you hearing me? 
James 1.13, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Quite often, Christians ignorantly say that God is tempting me. And then they cry out, God, why are you doing this to me? He's not, dummy. The enemy is. Are you hearing me? I don't know why it is, but there's a lot of Christians who want to deny that there's a real devil out there. And real evil spirits. And they push everything on their heavenly father that loves them so much and has their back. That, my friend, ignorantly is called blasphemy. Attributing things to God that Satan is doing in your life. Maybe you never thought of it that way, but that's what blasphemy is. So the enemy's doing that to you. I, I gotta say this again. I mean, this is just Christianity 101, but we got people at all different levels watching here, listening on the radio and internet around the world. God and Satan are not partners. They don't work together. They're enemies. They're foes. Amen? And just that truth alone pulls down the unscriptural belief that God is doing this to you. He's not. God wants you to be an overcomer. He said he wants you to overcome the world, overcome temptation, overcome the devil. Are you hearing me? Let me say this. Just because something is taking place in your life or on this earth... For, it does not mean it's the will of God. And I got to say it again because there might be new people listening, new people here. If you believe that everything is the will of God that happens on this earth, right now you're telling me then. Right now, somewhere around the world, some lady's being raped. Some child's being molested. Are you telling me that's the will of God? No. The fact is there's a real devil and humans have a free will. They have that free will. They can go after the devil's plan or they can go after God's plan are you hearing me? That's what's happening. That's what's happening. So stop blaming things on your heavenly father that loves you so much. Amen? Who sent his son Jesus to die for you on a bloody cross. And by the way, he's alive right now. Amen? Alive forevermore. The second thing that you need to know is that the temptation is not sin. Oh, you didn't hear me. Because this one thing can set someone free who's in bondage this morning. The temptation is not sin. In fact, say that with me. Say, the temptation is not sin. That's a fact, Jack. Jesus was without sin. How many would you agree with me? Or should I say, how many agree with the word? And, and believe that Jesus was without sin in his whole earthly ministry. He lived a perfect, sinless life as the Son of God. Yes, as a human being. Amen? But he was tempted several times by the devil in his earthly ministry. So obviously, temptation is not sin. For if temptation was, it would have been sin on Jesus for even being tempted. Right? Are you following me? The temptation is a thought of evil, or also called fiery darts that Satan or evil spirits throw into your mind, all right? For some, the thought is sexual. For others, the temptation is gossip. 
For some, the temptation is alcohol. For some, the temptation, uh, temptation is a holding unforgiveness and bitterness toward an individual. For some, it's all the above. And you need to know that the enemy is not just blindly throwing thoughts in your mind. He's not just at random taking it and throwing it at you. Like I said, the enemy is very strategic. For example, uh, the pastor who fell into sexual immorality, uh, who fell, he was in a homosexual relationship. He fell into homosexuality. That is where Satan tempted him. That was obviously a weakness in his life. How many of you know that the temptation of homosexuality is not necessarily going to tempt everyone? <laughs> Hello, somebody. I mean, the devil knows he can't throw that at everyone. The, the, the temptation, that temptation, won't work on someone that doesn't have that weakness. So Satan knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. The enemy doesn't waste time. Why? Because the enemy knows that his time on this earth is short right now. Are you hearing me? How many of you knew that? That his time is short. That Jesus Christ is going to be coming back real soon. So then where do these weaknesses come from that the enemy seems to pinpoint in our lives? Some come from generational curses. Some come from doors of sin that we just open up in our own life. Or some of the weaknesses come uh, because of something that someone did to you that opened you up to the enemy. Now, generational curses, how many of you know trip up many Christians? A homosexual, in most cases, I can almost guarantee you that that sin, that weakness, has ran through the family line somewhere. In my, in my years of counseling and in the deliverance ministry, ministering to multitudes of individuals, and individuals I worked with who struggled with homosexuality, who struggled with lesbianism, I'll tell you right now, it always, always, say always, there was always someone or more than one in their family that dealt with the same problem. Well, it's getting kind of quiet in here now. God did not create a person to be a homosexual. He did not. Perry Stone, I was watching him at his camp meeting conference on Daystar Network... He said, if you're confused about what gender you are, look underneath the belt. He said that. He was on live television, people. And doggone it, it's true. Amen? Now, the pastor who fell into the sin of homosexuality, I'm telling you right now, I'd be very curious to find out his family history. And I guarantee you, we can pinpoint other family members who went through the same issues. Or who were molested as a child. Come on now. Or some, some of them had a real bad relationship with their daddy. Hello. Addictions of any kind. And I'm talking to Christians right now, by the way. I'm not talking to the world who's in bondage to sin. I'm talking to the Christians. How many know Christians can be in bondage? 
I'm telling you right now, until that person deals with these things, they come against these generational curses, they come against these evil spirits that have overtaken them, hello, and that they've given place to, they will continue to struggle with those problems, and it doesn't matter how much medication, hello, somebody. And along with that deliverance, they need to renew their mind with the Word of God. They let their mind go amok. They let it go off into such a degree that their actions followed their perverted thoughts. And you know it's true. You know that's good preaching. And they need to uproot any and all worldly mindsets that they have. Come on, people. You know, you turn on the TV. How many of you know it's always trying to force the thought that homosexuality is normal? How, how many of you know that, huh? How many of you know that? Oh, it's just a normal thing. Oh, that's just their choice. It's evil, people. It's an abomination. It's a sin. Bible says it's a shame. It's against nature. And uh, don't take a rocket scientist to figure out why. But listen to this. So many people want to deny the fact that Christian, that a Christian can have a demon. They always just want to just blame it on the flesh. But listen to me. I got to say this. Someone needs to hear this this morning. What those individuals don't, don't understand is that demon spirits, they get that stronghold through the works of the flesh. That's not, that's not denying the fact that there's a real devil and that a devil can, hello, take hold of a Christian's life. Amen? So, now, how many of you know this is a whole other message that I kind of went on a rabbit trail for? But there are many factors that the enemy considers before putting a temptation in front of you and in front of me. Amen? The second marker. So the first marker is temptation. Temptation's not the sin. All right? We need to cast down those thoughts. We need to cast them down to the obedience of Christ, take hold of the Word, and be obedient to the Word. The second marker on the road to destruction, is being drawn away by the temptation. Look at James 1.14. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. When you get drawn away by the temptation, it's no longer an attack from the outside. You have made that thought your own now. Are you seeing what I'm saying? At that point, you start to cross the line into danger. You got off the exit of the highway of holiness. And now, my friend, you're on the road to destruction. You've just entered the highway of the road to destruction. You have not cast down the thoughts, but you embrace them as your own. And I just mentioned it, but let's go there. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm just trying to break this down play by play as I believe the Holy Spirit revealed this to me here. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says this. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. All these self-help things, phooey. You need the Holy Ghost. You need the Word of the living God to help you overcome. Are you hearing me? Casting down arguments and every high thing 
that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. All right? So this is the point where it becomes sin. You are now responsible for crossing, like I said, crossing that line of sin by your own free will. By the way, Jesus said that it is possible to commit adultery without doing the physical act. How many of you knew that? He said that you can commit adultery in your heart. Go to Matthew chapter 5. Go to Matthew chapter 5, 27 through 30 I want to look at here. The words are in red and it's Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ doing the speaking here. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her, women this goes for you also, uh, whoever looks at a woman to lust, lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Jesus is trying to put things in perspective here, folks. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. I know some of you are starting to sweat saying, I don't want to cut off my hand. Relax. Listen. In other words, Jesus is saying, whatever causes you to sin, get it out of your life. The Bible says, don't make an occasion to sin. Don't make an occasion for the flesh to sin. Don't set yourself up to fall. Are you hearing me? In other words, don't walk into the net of the devil by your own free will. Amen? Put, he's saying this, put safety guards up in place in your life that will help you get free from sin. You have a problem with internet porn? Get rid of the internet. You have a problem lusting after someone at work? Get a new job. Are you hearing me? And by the way, pornography causes a married person to commit adultery in their heart. And it leads to fornication for a single person. Hello, somebody. I got to say, some reason I feel like going on this rabbit trail. Pornography is very dangerous. Most of you know that. But no, it's downright lethal. In fact, they're talking about, Elizabeth and I were watching a show, a Christian show, talking about uh, pornography addiction. And they were saying they did MRIs on people. They did studies. When they looked at pornography, the same part of the brain that gets stimulated when someone's doing cocaine is activated. There's an actual chemical reaction, a high that someone gets looking at pornography. Uh, this person, this professional was comparing it to being addicted to cocaine, alcohol, or anything else. It's lethal. Say lethal. And if you are in bondage, bondage to that, you need to seek spiritual help immediately. Immediately. So when you're drawn away in your thought life by your own free will, 
How many of you know your imagination has now taken hold of it? It's running with it. Your imagination has gone into, come on, fantasy mode. Say fantasy. It's gone into fantasy mode. And the devil didn't make you do it. You gave in to his desire by your own free will. And you can get out of this thing too, but your will needs to be involved. Getting set free, it just doesn't come by accident. There needs to be some cooperation on your part. Amen? Verse 14 said that each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires or lust and enticed. And, and is enticed, as the King James says. I like that. The word desires in verse 14 indicates that you are taking pleasure in the evil thoughts. You're taking pleasure in that temptation, that bait that Satan has brought into your path. And that's talking about the Christian whose mind is not renewed with the Word of God. Oh, I'm telling you right now, if your mind... Uh, uh, if your mind is not renewed with the word of God, you're in deep doo-doo. Hello, somebody. But if your mind is renewed with the word of God. Oh, by the way, I, I heard this. Someone say this, and I just remembered it. It said that it's a constant process of keeping your mind renewed. It said your soul won't stay renewed as much as your hair won't stay combed by itself. Do you have to comb or brush your hair every day? You got to do that with your spirit. You got to do that with your mind. You got to stay spiritually charged up. Amen? Just every day when you wake up, you got bedhead. How many of you know you ever had bedhead? I hate that. You got bedhead? Well, same can happen with your mind. You need to keep brushing that thing with the Word of God. Are you hearing me? But if, you, if your mind is renewed with the Word of God, <laughs> according to Romans 12, your desires will be holy. They will be righteous and they will be pure. The Bible says to the pure, all things are pure. What does that mean? If your motives, if your mind is pure, you're renewed with the word of God. You're keeping yourself renewed with the word of God. Everything you do, everything you say, your motives will be pure. That's what it's saying. Are you following me this morning? All right. So obviously before the temptation in that person who has taken hold, who's been drawn away, before the temptation, there were wrong desires that were in, oh, I like this, in seed form that got activated or they got watered or they got aroused by the temptation. Let me say that again. Obviously, before the temptation came, the person I'm talking who fell into the trap, who've taken hold of it, before the temptation, there were wrong desires that were in seed form. And all that temptation did was tickled the flesh, watered that seed, and aroused that temptation. Man, you took hold of it. The psalmist said in Psalm 119.11, Your word have I hidden in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. Let me say that again. Your word, the word of God, the Bible, scriptures. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So if the word is not in the heart, who are you going to give place to? Sin, the devil. 
So one sure way to know that you're a prime candidate to be drawn away by temptation is the Christian that never reads the Bible, never studies the Bible, or the believer that thinks that they can be spiritually strong without getting connected to a local church. Oh, oh friend, I'm telling you right now, they are prime candidates. Never open the word. The only thing they hear is, is what, 45 minutes on a Sunday? Maybe half hour, 45 minutes on a Wednesday? There's never any personal study time, personal devotions, no prayer to the Lord on their own. Go to Hebrews 10. Now I want you to all say, this is good preaching. Oh man, I'm telling you right now. I want to keep you off the road. I want to keep you off this road of destruction. Amen? All right. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Say good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, Christian fellowship, as is the manner of some. They were even doing that back in Bible days. But exhorting one another. And so the much more as you see the day approaching. As you see the last days. God even says, as you see the day of Christ approaching, the coming of our Lord. Things are just going to get worse. He's saying basically, how much more do we need Christians fellowship and build each other up? And if you're going to forsake that, guess what? You're toast. You're toast, people. Spiritual toast. I'm telling you right now. Don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together. Having Christian fellowship on a regular basis is vital in our Christian walk. And I'm talking about fellowship outside of the four walls of the church building. How much, are you hearing me? That's why I've been saying, hey, let's do some Bible studies in houses. Let's get out. Invite people over to your house. Let's have fellowship here. Are you hearing me? And if you don't have a desire for that, you better change real quick. Because I'll tell you right now, you're a prime candidate for the great falling away that the Bible talks about. Those who are going to depart from the faith. And it's because a lack of Christian fellowship. Guess what you'll end up doing? You'll get wrapped up with, uh, with the wrong crowd. How many of you found out you hang around, hang around with the wrong crowd? They're going to take you down. Oh my. Mm-mm-mm. Being able to, ful to fulfill verses 23 and 24 is dependent on verse 25. And you can figure that one out for yourself. Go back on your own time. There, there, there's homework for you. But listen, there is a reason why on Sundays and Wednesdays that every excuse in the book comes up into your mind not to go to church, not to attend church events. There's a reason for that, people. There, you better answer that. There's a reason for that. And I'll tell you what it is. Don't you think that Satan and evil spirits know what the Bible says? I'll tell you right now, Satan and evil spirits know the word of God better than you, better than me. How many of you knew that? Oh, they know it. And they tremble at the word of God, by the way. 
Don't you think they know the importance of church and Christian fellowship in your life? If they know the word of God, they know. Which they do know the word of God. So there's a reason why Sunday mornings and maybe Wednesday afternoons just seem like all hell broke loose. Well, I'm not going to go to church then. You know, something happens in the house. You get in an argument with your, your spouse. Elizabeth and I never argue, by the way. You get in an argument with your spouse. There's something happening with the kids. The dog chews on your good shoes in the morning. You know what? I'm not going to church today. Well, you just fell right into the trap of the devil. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's why I'm telling you right now, you just be alert and know that Satan doesn't want you coming to church. Satan doesn't want you having Christian fellowship. Are you hearing me? See, there's a reason why you have all this resistance in your life, especially when you try to move forward with God. You don't want resistance in your life? Fine. Just give up on God then. <laughs> hey, that'll solve the whole problem, but guess what? You'll look forward to hell for eternity. That's the trade-off. So, now, uh, the other thing that we can do is press in and just be ready and know that we're going to come up against opposition. And you need to know when you come up against opposition, you're doing something right. Are you hearing me? Just like food is to your physical body, the Bible is to your spirit man. Did you know that? And if your spirit man is weak and malnourished, you are an easy target for Satan and evil spirits to draw you away by their traps, by their temptation. In Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said this, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The Bible, the word of God. And the sad thing is this, many Christians take better care of their body, their physical body, more than their spirit man that will live forever for eternity. Now, don't get me wrong, it's good to take care of your physical body, but not at the expense of ignoring your spiritual life and putting you on the road to destruction. The third marker on the road to destruction is this, being enticed. The word enticed is inferring a weakening. These are, you, you see, these all tie in together. They all tie in together. There's a weakening of your will. Any walls that you had up are coming down and coming down fast. Any roadblocks you had, they're gone. This is the point when people that have an addiction or any other problem will do very irrational things to accommodate the sin. How many of you know what I'm talking about? They'll do very uh, irrational things to accommodate the sin. This could also be called the planning stage. So let's play this out in a real life situ situation up to this point. And I just want to give you a very common example. All right, just a very common example. The devil puts a thought in your mind about having an affair with a coworker. All right, number one, there's the temptation. The temptation is not the sin. The question is, what are you going to do with the temptation? All right. You don't, cast the, you don't cast down the thought, all right? 
You then take hold of that thought and make it yours and you actually start to take pleasure, gratification of those thoughts. At that point, you've been drawn away. Not only are you thinking about the act itself, but now you're making plans and accommodations to get to that sexual act. Hello, somebody. Now, you're enticed. Man, you're into it. You begin talking to that person more. Are you seeing your actions? Your actions, actually, you start to set, subconsciously, you really start to set up actions now that are going to bring this thing to come to pass. You begin talking to that person more and more at work. You delve into conversations that you should only talk to your spouse about. Hello, somebody. The body language is getting out of hand. Being enticed is the planning stage. The fourth marker on the road to destruction is that lust or desire is conceived. The Greek word that is translated conceived means to take hold of. You've taken hold of the bait. This act is going to happen. There's no turning back. You have lost the battle, spiritually speaking. And the fifth marker on the road to destruction is the actual act of sin. What you've been meditating on and planning is now finally coming to pass. Why? Because your actions are always a product of your thought life. Do you think, I, uh, come on, do you think someone's just actually born a murderer? And, and just list whatever sin you want. It all starts up here. It all starts up here. Say up here. Go to Joshua 1.8. I'm getting ready to close here. Give you all a little bit of hope here. Uh, all right, yeah. All right. I know, it's so easy to sit in front of a football game for three, four hours, but it's hard sitting through a 45-minute service. I know. Oh, man, that's hard. Now, who do you think is behind that, people? Huh? Come on now. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, say then, you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. I'm telling you right now, thinking upon something long enough will eventually lead to the act. All right. The sixth marker and final marker on the road to destruction the Bible's very clear about this, is death. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Well, what do you mean, Pastor James? You know, I've been looking at this pornography for a while now, and look, I'm still alive. Okay, all right. But listen, it's talking about, first off, there's two kinds of death. There's spiritual death, and then there's physical death. How many of you knew that? This is not only talking about sin leading to physical death, because sin, that's what eventually sin leads to, is physical death. How, how many of you know that? But spiritual death, what's spiritual death? Separation from God. I'm talking to Christians here, by the way. 
I'm talking to Christians how you, you could have once been at a place with God where you, had, you were in relationship with him and man, you, you were just doing great. But how many of you found out it's real easy to backslide and to separate that relationship and you can be in prayer with God and it feels like your prayers don't even get as high as the ceiling and it falls right back on you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking to Christians this morning. If that's you, you can come back. You can rededicate your life. You can start over. New beginning. But listen, life is only found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible says this, that He is the way, the truth, and the life. That's why He tells Christians to abide in Him. Why? Because if you step outside of Him, outside of the boundaries of the Word, guess what territory you're on? Death. Satan's territory. Hello, the enemy. And if we step outside of Jesus, outside of the boundaries of the word, we have willingly stepped out of life, out of that vital communion and relationship with our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. That's why, friend, I'm telling you right now, the once saved, always saved message is a crock from the pits of hell. Okay, you want to know? You, okay, you want a valid uh, uh, thing here, example? Okay, are you telling me then? If, if you believe once saved, always saved is correct, you're telling me that Marilyn Manson, the rocker, is on his way to heaven right now. If he were to die right now, blaspheming God, urinating on the Bible on stage, ripping, the, ripping Bibles to shred on stage, uh, cursing, blaspheming the Holy Ghost, um, you're telling me that if Marilyn Manson took his last, last breath, he would go to heaven right now. If you believe that, you have some bigger problems than what you're dealing with right now, friend. I'm telling you right now. It's a lie. That's why Jesus said we have to abide, continue in his word. Say continue. If he says continue, it's possible not to continue. How many of you know that? It don't take a PhD to figure that out, amen? Amen. Go to Galatians 6, 7, and 8. This is it, my last scripture here. Well, Pastor James, that's not a popular message. I mean, that's, that, that doesn't give me tingles all over. Well, you know what? Medicine don't taste good all the time either. Amen? Galatians 6, 7, and 8. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatever a man or a person sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh, or carnal, sinful desires, will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit, obedience to the Word of God, will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. This is written to Christians. And it's interesting that that... that passage begins with do not be deceived what's the decep deception i can do whatever i want god's gonna forgive me i can live like the devil and still go to heaven and he says do not be deceived whatever you sow that's what you're gonna reap christians are you hearing me sin always leads to death physical spiritual you name it and this is Satan's ultimate goal for your life, to destroy you, to destroy me, 
to pull us away from Jesus Christ, to prevent us. You really want to know what it comes down to? To prevent others and leading others for, uh, from for coming to Jesus Christ. Trying to prevent us from making an impact for Jesus Christ on this earth. Satan wants to drag as many people as he can to the pits of hell. Why? Because he hates what God, God loves. And the fact is, God loves people. God loves you who, who's in the pit of despair. Who, God still loves you who's in the pit uh, of, of sin, homosexuality. Who, I'm telling you right now, he loves you. He loves you enough not to keep you that way, though. And he's given us the power to come out through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the power of the Holy Ghost. How many of you know that? Jesus said in John 10.10 that it's a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's their goal. They want to steal, kill, and destroy. Your relationship with God, your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your whole family, your children. And the reason God has set boundaries in his word is to protect us and to show us the, the strategy to live an abundant life on this earth. Well, isn't that legalistic, all these commands? No, 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 no. They're boundaries. If you love your children, you give them boundaries. Are you hearing me? That's true love. Showing them the way. Showing them the right way. And, but in, when Jesus said the thief comes not to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus ends with this. I have come to give life and to give it more abundantly. And the only way you will live an abundant life, a fulfilling life on this earth, is to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life and Christians to live according to the instruction book, the Bible that God has given to us. That's it. I wish I could make it sound more theological. I wish I could sound more like a Ph.D. and have all these FUDs, Ph.D. But I can't. It's real easy. I mean, the, the instructions are easy. But we're not at it alone. We have the power of the Lord, power of the Holy Ghost. And that will put us on the highway of holiness that leads to life. And that is the only way that we can avoid the road of destruction. Amen? Let's stand up in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Now, maybe there's someone in here. You've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. And today, here in the Word, you're pricked in your heart. You know that you're a sinner. You know that if you took your last breath right now, it's hell for eternity. And you want to avoid it. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your come life, I just want to invite Father, you to come forward. And I want to have the opportunity, the privilege of praying with you. you so you can have a new birthday, the born-again experience with Jesus Christ. If you've never made him Lord of your life, just come forward this morning. I just want to pray with you. Maybe you're here, you're a Christian. Or like me, you are like me. You went to church for 20 years and you thought you were a Christian. But really, you've been playing church. Friends, I've done that. I did that for 20 years and I'm tired. I was, that's it. It's not right. It's not about coming into a building. Coming into the church don't make you a Christian. Just as much as me going and standing in my garage makes me a car. 
You need to get born again. You need to make Jesus Lord of your life. You need to turn it all over to Him. You need to make Him Lord of every area of your life. If you want to do that, I want you to come forward. You want to rededicate your life, I want you to come forward. Maybe you're in here, you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. Maybe you're here, maybe you're watching. You have no idea what the Holy Spirit baptism is. It's a biblical experience. It's not Pentecostal. It's not charismatic. It's Bible. And it's the second experience to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That's the double blessing of the Christian. When you get born again, the Holy Spirit comes within. And you're born again. Your spirit man becomes born again. But then the second experience is where he comes upon you. He clothes you with power to be a witness. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, just come forward and I want to pray with you to receive him. Maybe you're here and you need a physical healing. Maybe you're one you feel like you're bound by the devil and you need prayer this morning. I want you to come forward. The rest of you worship the Lord. I'm just going to open this up. Anybody who wants to worship the Lord up here, worship the Lord as the music plays this morning. I do have, you can leave the music up. I do have a couple of prayer requests here. Bobby Grove. She was in the, she's in the hospital. She had chest pains. But there's nothing wrong with her heart, they said. There's an enzyme level. Elizabeth just got the call this morning. Her enzyme level is not stabilized. I, I don't know what that means, but it's affecting somehow uh, how the heart is reacting right now. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for Bobby. We command that enzyme level to be normal in the name of Jesus Christ. Every chemical in Bobby's body be normal. Heart, you function properly. And I command that spirit of infirmity that's latched onto her body to loose her in Jesus' mighty name. Fill that room with your glory, with your presence, Lord, and touch her by your Holy Spirit. Mary Henry, she's going to be having uh, knee surgery on the 16th of this month, this coming week. So, Father, I pray for Mary Henry. I pray that you would be with her. I pray you would lead and guide the doctor's hands. I pray there, there would be no complications. And Lord God, that your peace would be upon Mary. Peace upon her family. In the name of Jesus. I see we have some prayer requests here from online. This is great. I love the broadcasting, webcasting live because it's interactive. We tell people, type in their prayer requests and we want to pray with them. Bruce, our brother Bruce, uh, who's a member here at RCC, He's praying for safe travel to the cancer center and to have good treatment this week. I spent, I had lunch with him this week and we had a great time. So we love you, Bruce. Everyone stretch your hand toward that camera. Bruce is watching this morning. Bruce, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that God would encamp you and your vehicle and your family with his holy angels. I pray he would give you guys safety as you travel to Illinois. But Father, most of all, I pray that your healing anointing would flow into Bruce's body now. We're believing for that good report. We curse every cancer cell. We command every cancer cell to die and dissolve in the name of Jesus and new and healthy cells to be formed in Bruce's body because Jesus took stripes on his back for your healing. He took that thing upon himself. And by Jesus' stripes, the Bible says, we are healed. And we're fighting with you. We're standing with you, Bruce. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Turn that song up. This is powerful. These are powerful words. 
Again, anybody want to make Jesus Lord of your life? You want to rededicate your life to the Lord? You need a healing or Holy Spirit baptism? I want you just to come up. You don't have to be embarrassed. We're all family here, amen? Someone else watching, um, Becky, who uh, had, who has cancer. Let's pray for her again. Stretch your hands. In the name of Jesus, right now, I command every cancer cell, every cancerous growth, to be cursed at the root right now, and I command it to leave. And I loose the anointing of the Holy Spirit, not in my own authority, but in the name of Jesus Christ, by His authority by the will of God for you to be made whole and strengthened in the name of Jesus I command right now that spirit of cancer to loose every part of your body right now in Jesus mighty name be healed turn that song up we got to end on this one right here 
How many of you like shouting unto God? the Lord praise and glory this morning. Now, hallelujah. Those of you watching online right now, are we still connected? All right. Those of you watching online uh, in Michigan, this, 
this uh, Friday at 7 p.m. I'm coming to Imlay City, 30 miles east of Flint, right down I-69 at the Days Inn conference room. I'm going to be having a healing and miracle service. Make sure you show up. I know the Holy Ghost is going to show up, so you won't want to miss it. So this Friday, 7 o'clock at the Days Inn. For more information, go to jamesbrandt.org, and you will see me next week. God bless you. Hallelujah. All right, a couple of announcements here. We still need media volunteers. You guys just stand and stay with praising the Lord here. Uh, we still need media team volunteers. Chris Ray.